Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Let's meet an enthusiastic and forward-thinking leader with a national reputation for effective philanthropy and a passion for cultivating high-performing teams. Kelly Dyer serves as the president of Spectrum Health Foundation, a 17-year fundraising career that includes strategic planning and change management. Plus, she's talented on the court and has embarked on a unique family quest. So we welcome you, Kelly, to this edition of Powerful Women. Let's talk hi to you. Hi to you. Thank you for having me. Were you offense or defense on the court? I was a better defender uh, than I was an offensive player, but but did did both. All right, did yeah. you? Yeah, I, I bet you, you got a little swishes with the, with the shot. I I did. I was I was um, I would say I, I played a two or a three guard, so sort of a shooting guard, small forward, and but really uh, defense, uh, rebounding. Um, that was that was really my specialty. But it was a it was a great great career, and really loved playing. Nice, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that quest yeah, great. in just a second. Were you born a leader or were you made a leader? Kelly, let's start here. Mm. I think that's such an interesting question about leadership because I do think there are some traits, personality traits that help people with leadership. I do, I do think I was probably born with a few of those. Empathy, I think, is an important characteristic for leaders. So really being able to put yourself in the shoes of, of those that are in your care. And I really see it as the people that are working with you that are in your care. So I think empathy is, is a trait that I had. I, I think also leaders are sometimes born with the ability to kind of march to the beat of their own drum. And I, I do think I do that to a certain degree. That's that's not to say that it is absence of uh, bringing other people along in that way, but, but having a, a little bit thicker skin in uh, being able to persevere when things are tough and, and also, you know, being able to set direction. So I think those are some things that maybe I was... I was born with, but really worked on yeah. over time too. Were you brought up in a family with thick skin that encouraged <laughs> leadership and, uh, and share a bit of that in your educational journey? Yep. Yeah, I, I would say one of the gifts from my parents and certainly certainly for my mother is we she raised three girls, um, raised us to be very independent. And I think um, one of those gifts is that we never really thought we couldn't do anything. And um, I recognize that as an adult, where that has been such a gift for me, but, but really um, from our mom, I, she just always encouraged us to do whatever it was that we were interested in and, and really never thought we couldn't do anything. And I just so value that, that those lessons that we learned from her. Great. Tell me about your education and uh, what got you here. Yeah, I was a college basketball player and uh, was recruited. It was not heavily recruited, um, but ended up playing on a team that had some good success as a high school senior and um, then ended up um, getting a scholarship to play basketball at uh, Wayne State in Detroit. And that was such a gift from an educational standpoint. Certainly, it was wonderful to have a scholarship. But at the, at the same time, the real education for me was um, being with people from very different backgrounds, lots of diversity in the city of Detroit. My college roommates were from totally different backgrounds um, than, I was, than I was from. And, and so that um, some of those skills that I learned there while in school, um, I'm still using today. And being able to engage with people and listen to different points of view. Um, and then certainly the rigor that comes with having to um, organize your time to accommodate for you know, a basketball schedule and, and finish schoolwork and all those things. But um, really learned so much from that experience. 
and and most of it were you know things about really understanding people and and um, how to work with people that are from totally different places and perspectives than I am. It was very valuable. And was it a college of fine performing and communication arts yeah, that prepared that, you? Yeah, that's right. That that was my degree. The the performing piece of that is, is not part of my work, but the communication certainly was. And and um, Wayne State at the time um, had a lot of really great faculty members who were also working at the Detroit Free Press or the Detroit News. And so the communication skills that I learned, I was on the communication side, public relations, and then had a minor in journalism. Mm-hmm. And um, really learned about effective communication and how to craft messages and um, how to how to communicate with mm-hmm. with people in a way that is impactful and, and uh, helps with decision making. So I use a lot of that still today. Mm-hmm. And I had a great faculty member um, who was a, a news editing class that I took, mm-hmm. and he said, this is going to be one of the hardest classes that you'll take because we're going to train you to edit like a, like a newspaper editor does. And so what he meant by that is to really have very concise messaging. And I think about that all the time when I'm you know, writing emails or we're trying to craft messaging mm-hmm. for, for people to learn about what we're working on. But it really, really helpful in terms of my training and how to communicate with people. So it was, it was a great, great training ground. Nice. What was your first job? My first job was was working. It was actually the result of an internship I had in college. It was um, working for a company just north of Detroit in in Rochester, mm-hmm. Michigan, which I think you know well. And it was a, a company that did essentially sponsorship contracting for a lot of the big Detroit-based sports teams. And I worked on the event side, so we worked for a couple of nonprofits and did nonprofit fundraising events um, for them. And so so that was my first start in the in the sort of world of philanthropy where we would do these fundraising events to to raise money for very specific causes. Mm-hmm. So it was my first start. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yet look where it got you 17 years that's, later. That's right. Uh, right here in West Michigan. What are your responsibilities uh, with your, and expand on this, president of Spectrum Health Foundation and? The Helen DeVos Children's Hospital mm-hmm. Foundation. Yes. So so the foundations at Spectrum Health, we are the, the fundraising arm for, for Spectrum Health and that includes the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital. So we are in charge of, of really all the philanthropic activity that's uh, in the hospitals. Um, that's everything from, from grant writing, so writing big grants to, to partners, um, individual annual gifts, all the way to in-kind donations. So people that say, we'll do a backpack drive benefiting mm-hmm. kids that are in the hospital and donate you know crayons and toys for kids. Um, our office manages all of that. So it's a, it's a big body of work. We have about 10,000 people annually that are involved with mm-hmm. philanthropy which are with our system which is which is really heartwarming. I mean that's the best part of the job is is being able to work with people to impact the care that we provide and the and the patients and families that we have in the hospital. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a great job. Mm-hmm. And I'll lead the next question is the secret to success in philanthropy the relationship Oh, absolutely. And, and I think it's so interesting. The relationship piece of it is, you know, why, why I like this work is I really think people are doing one of two things. They're, they're trying to uh, make the world a better place mm-hmm. or they're trying to help somebody on a journey that maybe they've experienced themselves and try to solve, you know, solve a problem that they mm-hmm. see. And what, what I mean by that is I use the example of if you're a parent who had a child treated for cancer, and you were in our hospital at Helen DeVos Children's Hospital, 
and you do a fundraiser that benefits the foundation, what you're really trying to do is solve the problem that is childhood cancer. And so we give people an outlet to be able to work on what they see as, as problems or ways to help somebody on a, on a journey, which sometimes is a very difficult journey. So those relationships, I take none of those gifts for granted. They are so special to me and, and all of our team at the foundation. So it's, it really is about those relationships. Speaking of team, what is change management? You're skilled in change management. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a funny term, yeah. isn't it? But I, I think if I had to say, other people will say I'm, I'm good with change management. I think change management is in organizations setting a vision for 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 where the organization could go or or what the organization could be and a lot of times that is also change management with the people that are part of the team so if you've been doing something the same way and even had success doing it for a very long time the change management piece of that is is there a way that we could be doing this better and i think you know, that's part of my leadership is, is always asking, are there ways that we could be doing more? Are there things that we could be doing that impact our community, our patients and families in, way that, in a way that maybe we hadn't thought about doing before? And so the change is really, the change management piece of that is really setting the vision for where we want to be and how everybody on the team helps us get there because everybody has a role. So so I think change management is a lot about the processes, but also really about motivating the people to, to help us get to where that, that ultimate goal, the, what that ultimate vision is for the organization. Mm-hmm. You mentioned empathy in your leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else uh, would you, uh, or how else do you lead? What's the other adjective to, to yeah. present? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think transparency and trust mm-hmm. is such a huge part of, especially change management, when, when you're trying to ask people to do things in ways that they haven't done before. There has to be this high degree of trust that you're, you're really doing it in a way that is inclusive of what their contributions to the team is. So I think, I I would hope that our team would say that I'm a a fairly transparent leader, empathetic transparent leader, certainly, who really believes that it's, it's not you know, one person's job to lead. I say this to our team all the time. It's it's really leadership from where you're at. And everybody has a responsibility to lead within the organization. And sometimes it's my job just to help people understand that and even see that in themselves, really encourage them to be leaders in the areas that, that they're most excellent in. How have you meandered the pandemic in a healthcare setting, in a, a job where you're still fairly new and mm-hmm. coming at a, a unique time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the pandemic has been so interesting for, for all of us. I think probably when, when you're talking about starting a new role and, and any kind of you know change, and certainly for our team, it's been a change in, in leadership. The pandemic has, has made you have to be a better communicator mm-hmm. and um, really try to have those connection points, even if when I started, we were mostly still virtual. And that you know was a challenge. Mm-hmm. I think the, pan- the pandemic for me, though, I, I would say is personally... It's really exposed the importance of people. And while we've figured out how we can work effectively um, with technology and all that, I, I think there's um, certainly no replacement for people having the opportunity to, to be together. And so we're still trying to figure out how that looks for us um, on, our, on our team. I'm, I'm such a supporter of this new hybrid way of working, but I also care a lot about the mental health and health of our team members. And I think, you know, being around um, colleagues that you enjoy is, is really a, a good thing for, for people generally. So that, that really showed itself to me in the pandemic, that yes. people really matter. 
Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. All right, time for some fun. Okay, good. What is this family quest you're on? <laughs> well, we started, I, I love the question. We, we um, started trying to visit all the national parks. So I, I love the national parks. I, I'm, a, I'm a history person. I love the history of the mm -hmm. national parks. So we, we started trying to go and visit all the national parks, and, and we've seen some beauties. Badlands is a really fabulous national park. Glacier National Park is amazing. Yellowstone, of course, is as described. This summer, we're going to go to Northern California and do the Redwoods um, in Northern California and Crater Lake, which is in Southern Oregon. So we're trying to get out and, and see as many of them as, as we can. Yes, and your girls, mm -hmm. uh, are, are you yes. serving as a role model, don't you think? I, I hope so. Yeah, I have I have two girls. They And it's funny, with the, the National Park Quest, uh, as you said, Shelley, mm -hmm. I mean, they, we just have taken them along. And it's funny, I think um, I would encourage any parents listening to this that your kids are really going to be flexible and, and always um, interested. They learn something on every trip that we go on. So I, I hope one of the things that they're learning from us is um, be curious. You can always learn something new. And I hope as my mom did for me, I'm hoping, I hope I pass on to them that, you know, they can, they can be whatever they want to be. And I really believe that. So nice. it's, how did a four-year college athlete and basketball bartend as well? <laughs> I mean, you I got one on this side and health on this side. And they, uh, it's really yeah. funny. And the, the funniest part about that bartending piece is I, I didn't know how to make, I mean, it was not a heavy drinker. I'm not a heavy drinker. So I would bartend and have a bartending book behind the bar oh, so the that secrets. I would know how yeah. to, yes, know how to make drinks. But it was, you know, it's funny. The um, college scholarship was wonderful. It provided tuition and, and uh, housing. But, you know, it doesn't actually provide anything else. So I did... Uh, bartend uh, usually a day or two on the weekend during the during mm -hmm. the season if I didn't have a game that weekend the the my bosses there were really flexible so but it was it was interesting again life education you learn so much about people when what, you're bartending what so was the most popular drink I have to say um, you know it was funny we would get a lot of people in from after after baseball games okay. and so most of the time it was you know something simple like you know beer or uh, some kind of yeah. you know post baseball refreshment but yes. yeah didn't need the book on that i didn't need much. the book on that no hey, that's right you're learning relearning how to play the piano why i am I, why is a really good question my, my girls are learning to play the piano i played when i was very young and so i picked it up really starting at the last half of, of last year it's funny. It's one of those things that maybe part of it is when you're when you're in leadership and we talked about, you know, change management and setting the vision. You're you're really just you know, hoping that what you see as the opportunities really work out. Whereas when I play the piano, I know that if I wow. practice hard enough, I know I'll get better, right? So there's it's almost in a way the certainty of feeling like, you know, I can I can spend 30 minutes on this and and do feel like I'm making some progress. It's yes. it's been a lot of fun. Did you practice for your first marathon? I did practice for my first marathon. I had a great training Aww. partner, my dear friend Rich. We mm -hmm. we trained for it together, um, and then ran the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington D.C., which is really special for for people that are marathoners listening. And I I remember it was funny. I had a moment in that uh, marathon where I I think all marathoners go through this like mile eighteen. Yes, where you say <laughs> I just don't know that I can go another step, right? And I came up on a, um, a water station. 
And in the Marine Corps Marathon, they'll have a lot of the, the Marines work the water stations. Yeah. And I came up on, on one and there was this, young, I'll never forget him, there was this young man that was there and he said, you can do it. And I thought to myself, I mean, this kid is giving me encouragement mm-hmm. and is going to go off and serve our country. And I mean, I'm just out here running for recreation, so I better, I better get it together and finish. Yeah. And I did. So it was just a very special moment. I'll never forget it, but it was, it's a really special race to do. Very patriotic. Let's look him up. Mm-hmm. Lastly, you have a cool group of friends that go to a concert every year that must meet a criteria. The criteria is, yes, thank you. The criteria is in 30 years when we're all sitting around talking about those concerts we went to back in the day, is this going to be an artist that will still be recognizable and will be big enough to, to, for us to still be talking about in 30 years? So we've seen some great ones. We, we saw Adele in concert. Mm-hmm. She's just got this amazing voice. We actually saw Lady Gaga, and you know, I tell people I expected her performance to be lots of theatrics and you know all the costume changes and all that. Um, her voice is just amazing. She was a great performer. So it's it's been a lot of fun. We took a couple of years off because of COVID when concerts weren't happening, but we're already starting to plan for you know, what could maybe be that next concert. Yes, but I'd like to amend your in 30 years from now, I'm hoping you're still going to the concert. Yes, yes, absolutely balance seems to be working in your life we've talked mm-hmm. about your family yeah your work obviously important but yet you know how to have fun uh, mm-hmm. where do we go with that answer to that question why the importance of balance I, I think balance is is so critically important I think I'm a better mm-hmm. I, I think I'm better at my work I had a, a great mentor of mine um, his name's Jerry Mays from West Michigan and, and he said you know actually working in fundraising interesting people make good fundraisers and it's so true and I think having outside interests and taking that time for yourself to recharge and have some fun is so critically important actually makes me a a better professional and certainly I tell people that you know make no mistake about it my number one job is being a mother uh, to my children and and a spouse to my husband so I'm pretty good at trying to figure out if there are times that the balance gets a little out of whack I I try to focus on bringing it back to center Mm -hmm. Um, but I think overall um, being strong in all those three areas professional and family and having a little bit of fun makes you makes you better in in those areas so I really do try to balance it and how will your girls, how do young women find their passion? What's the path to this? I think, I think experimentation is part of that. So trying things. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the areas that I think are so critically important is, you know, you really can learn anything if you, if you commit to spending some time to do it, most anything. And I think for, for them, you know, really testing and experimenting and trying things to see if they like it or not. You know, sometimes they'll say, well, mom, I don't want to play softball because I don't like softball. Well, how do you know until you try? So at least try it for, for a season. And then lo and behold, they like softball, right? So I think encouraging kids to try things, you know, we're an athletic family, but I think, you know, we encourage them to try drama and we encourage them to be great artists. And so anything that they want to try, we're, we're piano is, is an example of another thing. We said, well, just try piano, see how you like yeah. it. So I think trying and experimentation is such a important skill to encourage in kids and I actually think for adults too. Do you have a recommended book for me? I love, there's a book called My Day. It's an old book and it's actually a series of of columns that Eleanor Roosevelt wrote. um, Some when she was first lady and then some after. It's really interesting. It was published into a book. 
I really like anything by Adam Grant. Adam Grant's a great author, and he's written some some wonderful uh, books. I think The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson is a really, if you like history um, and you are interested in, in learning more about sort of the black experience in America, that's a really great book for people to read. So those are those are three that I just love. Foundation strong under your presidency? I hope so. And I, I, I can say that I'm committed um, certainly to trying to improve it every day and really care deeply about the people in this community and how we're helping patients and families during um, what can be really challenging times. So I'm, I'm super enthusiastic about where we're headed and uh, know that we have a really fabulous team to, to, that, that is aligned and getting us there. Let's get you back to the office. Kelly Dyer, yes. thank you for this edition of Powerful Women. Let's talk. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yes. Appreciate being here. Produced by Women, About Women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more Powerful Women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.